With Chapman University's The Panther, I'm Abby Little, and you're listening to The Panther Pod. On October 21st, Taylor Swift released her 10th studio album, Midnights, with 13 songs said to explore the story of 13 sleepless nights throughout her life. Her fans, also known as Swifties, patiently awaited the release of this album since it was initially announced on August 28th. Since then, Swift took to TikTok to reveal the track names of all 13 songs on the album in a recurring series titled Midnight's Mayhem With Me. Every few days, Swift would post these segments at midnight, of course, to pull a ball from a bingo cage, revealing the appropriate track number's title. When the album was finally released at midnight Eastern Standard Time on October 21st, fans flocked to streaming services to be some of the first to listen to the pop sensation's new music. However, in her typical Machiavellian style, Swift released an additional seven bonus songs titled The 3AM Tracks only three hours later. In addition to the album, Swift laid out a midnight's release schedule, which included two new music videos for songs Antihero and Bejeweled, which featured appearances from familiar faces like Mary Elizabeth Ellis, John Early, Mike Birbiglia, Laura Dern, the Heim sisters, and Jack Antonoff. She's also lined up to appear on shows like Jimmy Fallon and The Graham Norton Show to continue the rollout of her new album, which I think at the time of recording, one of them has already happened. The other is going to happen tomorrow. As for reviews, the LA Times has stated that Taylor Swift's Midnight's heralds the return of a pop music mastermind. In addition to blowing up on Twitter, the album has already broken several records. Midnight has now become the most streamed album, and Taylor Swift has become the most streamed artist in a single day on Spotify, as well as the biggest album released globally with spatial audio on Apple Music. As far as sales, Midnight's has amassed more than 1.2 million album units during the first three days of its release, which includes everything from digital album downloads, CDs, vinyl, and cassette variants. Additionally, when looking at vinyl specifically, on October 22nd, nearly one day after its initial release, Illuminate recorded the largest single-day sales for a vinyl album since they started tracking sales back in 1991, which to me is crazy since vinyl, I don't want to say it's like, it's definitely making a comeback, but it's definitely an outdated quote-unquote form of listening to music, but I don't listen to vinyl, so I don't know. Do you listen to vinyl? I love vinyl. You have vinyl? I love vinyl. Do you have like a decent collection going on? Oh yeah, I have all the Taylor albums. (laughs) Oh, perfect. There you go. Yeah, it is, it's like a... It kind of takes a minute to start one, though. Yeah. Like you have to make that commitment. Uh-huh. But it probably sounds very gorgeous, though. It does. It's amazing. Did you get Midnight's on? Oh, Vinyl? yeah. I have, I have the regular version, and I got one of the other variants. Nice. All right. <laughs> Just to get a little introduction for the episode, can I get your name, your year, and your major? My name is Giovanna Sestito. I am a senior SEC major with minors in PR and music business. Yeah. Hi, I'm Rachel Othon. I'm a television writing and production major, and I'm a senior. Just to kind of start things off casually, what's your favorite Taylor Swift album to get us started? Of all time, I... If you have to pick. Yeah, if I had to pick, I would have to go with 1989. I grew up on that album. I saw her live during that tour. So, like, I feel like a lot of my childhood is stuck with 1989. But I feel like folklore as well. Like, I grew up with folklore. And, like, I feel like I was so mature. And she was also really mature when folklore came out. So that one also really holds a special place in my heart. My favorite Taylor Swift album. I probably have to say Red, Taylor's version. But I'm also an Evergirl. Evermore girly. I was about to say, we have, I think, I don't remember if you sent me this meme, but it was like, there's the red Evermore reputation girlies, and there's the folklore speak now lover girlies, Yeah, and you are the former and I'm the latter. Yes, (laughs) correct. Yes. 
yes. <laughs> it's funny. Because uh, my favorite is Lover. So as a brief background, I know you kind of discussed it with um, your favorite album, but yeah. when did you like start listening to Taylor Swift? Not casually, I guess yeah, is the right yeah, word. Yeah. So I grew up going to a ton of Taylor Swift concerts. My uncle works in the music industry, and he always got me tickets to a bunch of shows. And he was always like, oh, hey, Taylor Swift's in town. Like, you should go see her. So I think the first time I saw her live was Red Tour, which was, I think, 2012 or 2013. Um, And that was just my first time seeing her live. I I mean, I heard her on the radio. We all grew up listening to her on the radio, and, you know, I've seen her everywhere. But I don't think it really, like, started to become, like, such a big part of my life until 1989, which was kind of the point where, like, I was old enough to have social media and I like kind of like I was in middle school and it was just like the perfect like pop album for my friends and I that was kind of the also the point where I like made a Taylor Swift Tumblr account and as everyone did back then everyone loved Taylor Swift on Tumblr I was posting everything on there I was making gifs of her I was I was doing it all nice Um, (laughs) and then that was the summer that she like started following me on Tumblr which was like like insane like I still can't believe it to this day but she followed me on tumblr she liked a bunch of my selfies she was just like liking all my posts so that's kind of where I got really involved because I was like she no knows who kidding. I am yeah she knows exactly who you are <laughs> or at least you are on tumblr yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so that's kind of where I where I started you know and then I feel like that's only grown so yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I mean originally it was back when fearless came out I it was one of the first cds I owned I think but then I kind of drifted off and like not that I didn't I never disliked her but I just didn't really listen to her again until actually love her and then I started listening to her more intensely <laughs> is the only word I can describe it so yeah I guess what was that like 20 2019 yeah I was gonna say that's the same exact thing for me is that I I really liked her speak now album which was around like 2010 and I didn't really listen to her all that much and then like the start of our college years mm-hmm. I found out about Lover, and I was like, hmm. And I have vivid memories of me listening to Lover, walking under, like, the awnings of Keck. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Exactly. So when it comes to, like, the lyrics of the songs, do you have, like, a personal connection to them? Like, do you personally relate to the songs, or do you just enjoy how they sound? You know, I, I always say to my friends, like, Every single time Taylor Swift releases an album or releases songs, they always relate to my exact situation. It's always like that. Like, whatever I'm going through, I feel like she always writes about it somehow. Like, I'm like, oh my god, this was written for me. So I feel like when it comes to that, I feel like I I do listen for the lyrics and I do relate to a lot of her songs on like a scary level. Um, but yeah, I feel like a a lot of the lyrics speak to me and I can relate to them. And I have been able to relate to them growing up. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I feel like like, half of her songs are on my, like, songs to cry to. I have, like, a specific, like, Taylor Swift songs to cry to, just because I feel like she's very good at capturing emotion and making songs that are relatable, so I've been able to find a lot of songs that I can identify with, for sure. So, as far as Midnight's goes, mm-hmm. how active were you in the marketing buildup? I kind of followed casually. I'm not, like, tweeting about it all the time, but I definitely read theories. I don't follow any of them, because most of them are very inaccurate, <laughs> but I think it's fun to watch other people's speculate and i follow her on pretty much all socials and whatever so yeah i was pretty pretty active were you watching like the midnight's mayhems with me stuff were you involved in that at all i watched them later my bedtime is strictly 10 p.m so (laughs) you're like i'll watch it in the morning i literally like i'm like i'll watch it later or i'll like read the summary on twitter yeah oh i was there i was there I was, I had her TikTok notifications on, I had her Instagram story notifications, every notification on. Pretty much 9 p.m. every night here on the West Coast, I would 
open my phone and be ready on that refreshing that TikTok waiting for the next song reveal. So I was super involved in that. I also pre-ordered the vinyl the day that she announced it that the album was coming out. I remember I was at like a, a party with a couple of my friends when she announced it and I was literally like it's like oh my god we have to leave Taylor Swift just announced a new album's coming out in a couple months and my roommate and I like literally left. <laughs> we were like okay well we gotta go deal with this. <laughs> We pulled off on the side of the like on the side of the road to pre-order the vinyl. Like we were we were there. Like stop, drop, and everything is in Taylor Swift. Yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. As Midnight's as a whole, how would you describe it compared to Swift's other albums? Yeah, so I definitely say it's a mixture of 1989, Reputation, and Lover. It's a little different from Folklore and Evermore. It's very different from Folklore and Evermore. It's more back to the pop kind of synth style that she did before the pandemic. So it's definitely, it took me a second to rewire my brain because I just got so used to the Folklore vibe. But it, um, after that, I was like, oh yeah, vibey. Yeah, definitely bringing back the pop vibes, the synth. Yes. The synth is the coolest part of this. Yes. Like that was so fun when I first listened to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it is so different. And it feels like she's going back to like her 1989 era and getting to explore it a little bit more which is just so cool i i people keep asking me what genre it is and i just tell them i'm like i literally can't even tell you it's like pop synthy like you know it it's very different than folklore and evermore which are obviously very similar in terms of sound but i i honestly am a huge fan of it i i think it's so cool and it's so refreshing for her a prompt first listen i know I, I my jaw was on the ground i was like i would have never expected this from her but i'm so glad she did it so yeah i know they are very i'm always i struggle the first time i listen to an album i always feel like everything sounds the same and then mm -hmm. the more i listen to it i'm like oh yeah you can really see yeah. the different intricacies going on here but yeah midnight's is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun what are generally like your favorite tracks from the new album like what mm -hmm. sticks out to you the most yeah so i've been saying it's you're on your own kid we love a track five and then coulda woulda shoulda or what is it woulda shoulda the one about john mayer <laughs> That one is amazing. I love Mastermind. I also really like Karma. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just listing like so many songs because I also really like Labyrinth. I would agree with you. I the ones I've been listening to a lot are You're on Your Own Kid, mm -hmm. Karma, and Bejeweled. Mainly because those are the ones that keep cropping up on TikTok because mm -hmm. they're like more poppy, yeah. like kind of made for trend type. Yeah. I wouldn't say that she made them to be yeah. TikTok trends, but like they have that vibe about them that yeah. like lends themselves to tiktok Karma's audios just you know fun I mean? you know i just like it's just fun so mm -hmm. i listen to it and i'm like yeah that's fun and i really like labyrinth i do love those and i really like what was the other one i really liked oh lavender haze lavender haze such yeah. a fun opener it is a very fun opener first one that stuck out to me was vigilante mm -hmm. yeah i love that song also the from the the couple that she released at 3 a.m i loved glitch that is that song is so underrated and i think my favorite out of all of them is mastermind Mm -hmm. um because and plus that's track 13 which is her lucky number but can i say yeah. i i'm not a lana del rey girly but <laughs> <laughs> dude the way i was like where is she i was like putting my stethoscope up to the music trying to hear her not a peep if you listen she's in the backing vocals but i just feel like it was like dumb. my roommates were like let her speak because <laughs> she's just not there at yeah. all so this is shifting a little bit past the album more just like her influence mm -hmm. as a person in the media i guess yeah so taylor swift has a documentary that came out in 2019 called Miss Americana. Um, and in it, she kind of explains her life growing into this fame at a very young age of like 15, 16. And at the time it was filmed, she was recording her 2019 album, Lover. So she talks a lot about that album before it's 
ultimately released. And a quote she has when asked about this time of her life, she says, This is probably one of my last opportunities as an artist to grasp onto that kind of success. So I don't know, like as I'm reaching 30, I'm like, I want to work really hard while society is still tolerating me being successful. So she was kind of viewing Lover as kind of like her last opportunity to grasp the public's attention because she noted how there's this trend with women musicians that they kind of constantly have to reinvent themselves to appear new and shiny in a way. And so she felt like as she was nearing this age of a very young age of 30, might I add, she felt like women musicians kind of plummet after that in a way. Like they're not this new shiny thing that exists anymore. And so she felt like Lover was her last opportunity opportunity to really kind of be in the public eye but with the popularity of her last few albums and especially this one I feel like that's not really the case anymore so I guess to you with the release of Midnight's which is her fifth album released since Lover was Mm -hmm. what do you think about this quote that she said really only like three years ago yeah yeah no it's kind of crazy because I don't know I mean I think Folklore and Evermore did better than I think even she thought that they were going to do. Like, honestly, I feel like she released them as like, oh, here's a little treat for my Swifties. But then it completely blew up. Yeah, because those two albums were released like without any announcement. Like she kind of just posted on Instagram was like, here's an album tonight. Yeah. (laughs) No advertising (laughs) whatsoever. Well, and the only reason they exist is because of COVID. You know, she was like at home and, you know, quarantining and needed an outlet. So she wrote those albums. And yeah, like like Abby said, just release them without any warning. So I don't think she really expected them to be as big as they were. But like with each album she's released, it's been getting bigger and bigger. And I think people are just learning to appreciate her. You know, it's it's crazy that she kind of thinks like that. Just because I don't think we could have ever anticipated like the reach she would get, especially during quarantine and TikTok. I think TikTok was a huge part. And I think probably assuming TikTok was very new when she filmed Miss Americana, if it was even out yet, I'm not really sure. But, I think it might have been musically. Yeah, so it wasn't... Wasn't what it is it, today. <laughs> exactly, it wasn't what it is today. And I don't think she could have ever anticipated that because I feel like a lot of people, even like in my day-to-day, like... They started listening to Taylor from TikTok during Folklore Evermore because that was when, you know, TikTok kind of blew up. We were all in quarantine. I I think it is interesting because, like, it it makes me sad to think that she kind of thought that, like, Lover was going to be, like, the end of her career and the end of her journey. But, I mean, it's been, what, a couple years since that and she's breaking all these records still. I mean, we just saw with Midnight's. I think people are finally appreciating her. And I just think it's just like every time she releases a new album, it's like breaking records and then she breaks her own records and then she breaks them again, you know, so I think it's just a trend. Yeah, I think I was looking that up in my research is that she broke the record for like most sales of an album sold on a single day and like she broke the record of her 2017 album reputation. So she just broke her own record in the process, which is like an amazing feat, like regardless of what you think about her music, like if you don't like her music, whatever, you can't not acknowledge that like her breadth of like what she's done, like the amount of records she's breaking, how many songs she's produced in her life and how much they're listened to or how much media they're in. She has accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. Like it would be a disservice to say that she's not like one of the best musicians yeah. in this current age. If you don't even like her music, like you still have to like give her props for all the stuff she does, all the things she has done, you know? 
It's insane. And it's great if you do like your music because you get to live in the experience with her. So whether or not you casually enjoy Taylor Swift music, don't listen to Taylor Swift music, or are a very avid fan, you can't deny that Taylor Swift is definitely in this trajectory of being one of the best songwriters and musicians of our current generation right now. So if you have a chance, give a listen to Midnight's. It's a lot more pop influence this time around. So if you're into pop music, you probably can find at least one track that you might like. Some of our recommendations were what we said, Labyrinth, Labyrinth uh, Karma. You're on your own kid. You're on your own kid. I really like the opening track, Lavender Haze. Haze, Midnight Rain. You got 21 songs to pick from. You can find one. (laughs) You're bound to find one you like. Um, You can find one. Well, thank you for being on the episode. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Rachel, for being on my episode today to discuss Taylor Swift with me. Our favorite topic of course we talk about it a lot <laughs> yeah so this only this felt natural yes of course mm-hmm. so but thank you for being yeah, on the pod of course.